Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Brustling Unlimited. As it's Monday, it is June 20th, 2022, and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's show does go, we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine stories to talk about tonight. We're going to give you a little mini-review of last night's Impact Slammiversary Flair's last match, that big show coming up on July 30th. Well, so many people want to go, they had to get a bigger building. Forbidden Door, who's scheduled to win? Or who are the betting odds thinking are going to win? Some sad news over the weekend. And Sasha Banks had a sign removed. Or WWE removed a Sasha Banks sign. We'll get into all of that and more. Again, this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. I want to say thank you if you are watching live. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later on youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, google pod apple pod anchor and so many more if you are watching live well you can help us out a couple of different ways you can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating twitch bits in the live chat also remember you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways you can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or if you already have Amazon Prime, you can take that Amazon Prime, take that Twitch account, link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. With Prime Gaming, you get a lot of cool things like free games. You get free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did so right here, right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But... If you're not watching live and you're watching on YouTube, or if you are watching live, but you also watch us on YouTube, you can go over there and hit that join button. Hit that join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. With that, you also get access to all of our custom graphics as far as we just recently gave out our, I'm dumb and I can't think right now, double or nothing graphics or hell in a cell graphics this week. Yes, this week I will be giving you my forbidden door graphics, which ooh, those are very graphic intensive. I did a lot to those. They're very, very, very graphics heavy on the after effects side, but you will be getting a copy of those files as well regarding our forbidden door graphics. You will also be getting in the next couple of weeks our Money in the Bank graphics, which I don't know if you guys have seen yet. Actually, let's give you guys a little teaser of what those Money in the Bank graphics look like. Let me do this really fast. I'm going to give you guys a teaser of what our Money in the Bank graphics look like. I don't think I've shown those off yet, which I probably should have already. But you get those. You get those in the next couple of weeks. And then the summertime graphics that I'm still working on that I have ripped up and redone multiple times because I'm like, oh, I like it. And then I finish and I go, nope. In the end, it doesn't look good. In the end, it doesn't look good. But, and I'll give you even a look into how I do this stuff in After Effects. So let's go over here. Let's screen cap. Let's show the screen. Here we go. This is my After Effects. This is a program called After Effects. If you've used it, you know what it is. But this is... So we usually have a splash page for the main logo of the show when we're just talking regular. And it's going to bog down. Oh, no, that's not the one I want. I want just the logo. We have this, just the logo, Money in the Bank. I put it on the, um, what's it called? The Welcome to Vegas sign. So I have it where it zooms in and it rotates. But then say we got a match, right? This is probably going to not play super smooth. But you guys can kind of see it. Woman's Money in the Bank ladder match. Boom. Actually, it played smoother than I expected. We got it. Boom. I did a... I went a certain way with the art style here. Let me make that full and full screen there. Let's pop this back here. You guys can see a more full screen. Whoop. Bingo, bango, bongo. Again, whoop. Full screen there. I went around. I said, I want to do something different. I want this to look different. And I did. And you guys will be getting the After Effects file, of course. But you will also be getting the Photoshop file for the wrestlers. So you can use any wrestlers you want. You will be getting the Photoshop file for the wrestlers and how I created those as well. I mean, I can show you guys that also. I know we're getting a little technical here, but some people like this stuff. Some people like this stuff. So I'm going to show you a cool thing. 
it's very simple how we created this or how I created this. Go here, you go here, you open it up. All right, we got it open. We've got Natalia here for, you know, the SmackDown Women's title match. And so this is the original photo, right? Just plain ass photo. Then I added the stroke to it. I gave it that look and effect. Then I changed the color. Then I added one more stroke to it. Cleaned up the hair because, you know, the whispers of the hair actually made it look like this. Oop, wrong button. See how those, like, whispers and stuff popping out there? So I erased those. Bada bing, bada boom. And there we go. That's how I created these graphics. And I always think it's cool to show you guys and let you guys have a little behind-the-scenes look. But at the same time, if you're subscribed as a channel member or over at patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited, well, you get access to all of these files. For you guys to use, all we ask is you... You give us a shout out. You say, hey, whether that is in whatever you use, whatever you're posting these on in a video description or whatever you say, graphics provided by, or graphics templates provided by Pro Wrestling Unlimited. So those are my graphics for, <clears throat> excuse me. Those are my graphics for the upcoming Money in the Bank on June 2nd, which is not this weekend, but next. Holy crap, it's that soon? I didn't realize how soon Money in the Bank actually is. Um, is there only seven? Um, did I put seven on mine? I thought I put six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Because if we actually, we go to WWE's website. We go to WWE's website and we go to Money in the Bank. I'll pull this up here in a second for you guys to see. Money in the bank. It's not going to show it here. Okay, hold on. I need to go to two. Actually, I think I have that. We need to get their Twitter graphic. The Twitter graphic shows six, I believe. Let's go here. Um, if I have it saved. I think I saved it. Just for context. Now I'm not seeing it. Um, bum, 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 bum. maybe I didn't save it. We can go here really fast. Go to Twitter. I believe it's six this year for Money in the Bank. Yeah, boom, right here we got this one. So this here shows... Six. If you look down here, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, it is seven. Okay. So I need to upgrade, update my graphic. It is seven. I was wrong. The other graphic I saw, I counted as six. Again, dyslexia. Sometimes you don't count and read right. But it is seven. So I'm going to have to, again, update that and do a little finagling. But yeah, you are right. It is seven. Some years they've done six. Some years they've done eight. Some years they've done six or seven. So they switch it around from time to time. Let's pull the Twitch chat back up. Oh, no. Did I accidentally? I just closed the Twitch chat. Well, let's open that back up. Twitch. That's not right. Yep, there we go. I accidentally closed the Twitch chat there. Let's go here. Let's go here. Bingo. We're good. But again, you can get all those graphics packages and everything for you guys to use, either as a channel member on YouTube or patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And in my opinion, I would say... For us patreon a because it more directly supports us we actually get more that way it's going to cost you the same but we make more plus for you it's just all that premium content you don't have to weed through the comment or not the comments the community section on youtube to find just those members posts it's all right there patreon.com forward slash pw unlimited and finally head over to the epic game store Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something, whether that's a new game, an old game, a free game, or bucks. When you do, it's going to ask you if you have a creator code, and your creator code right here, PWUnlimited. Again, that is PWUnlimited. Use that creator code on the Epic Game Store or in the launcher, whether you're playing Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys, in on your Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, tablet for some of those games and much more also when does fall guys go free again is it the end of the month or end of the week um 
Or is it today? When does Fall Guys go free again? Tomorrow. Wait, no. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Because they're going to have a, a battle pass system. Just like Fortnite and Rocket League. And you're going to want to pay for that. It's tomorrow. It goes live tomorrow. You're going to want to pay for that battle pass. So that way you can actually unlock extra things. And when you do, and you get those show points or show bucks, is what they're calling it, for Fall Guys. I'm going to ask you for a code. And that code is PW Unlimited when you buy the Fall Guys uh, Battle Pass or just the Fall Guys Show Bucks. But with that, we've got news to talk about here, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to kick it off with our little Impact Wrestling Slammiversary mini review. I watched Slammiversary last night and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this show. I thought Slammiversary was great from top to bottom. I didn't see the pre-show match. I didn't see that. I know it was some digital championship match. I didn't see that match, but I did see everything else on the card. And this show opened up with a great, 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 great uh, Ultimate X match for the uh, Impact X Division Championship. Let's say it right now, Speedball Mike Bailey is a, he's just, he's just, a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a phenomenal human being. As far as in the ring does go. I don't know him personally, so I can't say to that aspect. But as far as in the ring, Speedball Mike Bailey, the new X Division champion, long time coming for some company to really go, hmm, this is our guy. We're putting a title on him. And for Impact to do it, long time coming. Speedball Mike Bailey defeated the former champion, Ace Austin, Kenny King, Trey Miguel, Andrew Everett, and Alex Zane. One interesting thing to note here was, so Mike Bailey's literally... So if you haven't seen Ultimate X before, there's scaffolding on each corner of the ring. There's four corners. And there are wires crossing to make an X. And then either there is an X hanging from the center or a championship belt. And on the top was the championship belt. So Mike Bailey is up there and he knocks everybody off. And I think him and... Who was it? Him and Zane were the last two up there. I know Trey Miguel was up there right towards the end as well. And Zane gets knocked off. No. It's Austin. I'm learning my notes right here. So Zane climbs across the cables, but Austin knocks him down. Speedball then takes down Austin. He then sits on top of the cables, which I've never seen that in Ultimate X. Someone actually sitting on the top of the cables and then unhooks to the belt and boom. But Tom Hannafan goes, well, he's not. You got to win by both feet hitting the floor. As as literally, the announcer then goes, your winner and new X Division champion. And he's still sitting up top. Speedball, Mike Bailey. And I go, well, Tom Hannafan, you're a little wrong. You're a little wrong, Tom Hannafan. But Mike Bailey does come out of this awesome match. Just awesome match. And I know a lot of people go, it was just a spot fest. No, I think this was... A little more than just a spot fest. Unlike that freaking amazing five-way match at Slam, or not Slam Anniversary, at a Triple Mania Tijuana, that was just a one, one spot to get to the next spot. We're not telling any stories. It's spot after spot after spot. F phenomenal spot fest match. Like if you like spots and spots and spots, go watch that five-way from, from Triple Mania. But if you like matches with a lot of cool spots but also tells a story, this is your match. Ultimate X, the opener of Slammiversary. As we move forward, commentary announces the French commentary team. They're live in the building. And I go, French commentary, that's an interesting one to have there live. What was modern Spanish commentary live? No. They then talk about the originals taking on Honor No More. Frankie Kazarian speaks. The Motor City Machine Guns speak. They state that the fans have made, the fans have voted the Motor City Machine Guns as tag team of impact. Like the, the most impactful tag team of all time in impact voted on by the fans were, well, the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. Then Nick Aldis comes up, the former Magnus, and they talk about how there's going to be five of them. When they heard who their fifth partner is going to be, they were very, very happy, but they can't say it yet. I was disappointed. I was very disappointed on who the fifth person was for the originals team. 
Next up, we have the Impact uh, Knockouts Tag Team titles on the line. The Influence, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, took on the team of Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. The one thing they played up here early was, can Rosemary and Taya get along? Yes, they used to be best friends, but right before Taya left Impact Wrestling last time, well, the two were not on the best of terms. Because if you remember, Rosemary married Johnny Bravo, and then Taya shot and presumably killed Bravo. Remember, Taya's exit was all about she was arrested for uh, the shooting of Bravo. That's how she got, you know, they, they wrote her off of Impact a couple years back. But these two worked fine together. Fun match. Not the best of matches. This is probably the low low point as far as the main card does go. Of, well, I don't know. Because I didn't really care for the 10-man for the tag. I would say this is probably the worst match of the show. As far as the main card does go. I mean, Madison, Rain, Tennille, Dashwood. They're fine. Rosemary and Taya, very good wrestlers. But all together, it was all right. But we did have new champions here. Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie are the new champions. We then got a What Impact Means to Me video from Kurt Angle. Talking about all the different kinds of things that he's been able to do in Impact. And what Impact means to him. And this and that. And da 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 da. And then we see they talk about how next up is the Monsters Ball match. Sammy Callahan and Moose. And how... I've never, now, full transparency, I don't watch Impact every week. I catch it here and there. But I don't remember a Monsters Ball match where you had to be confined to a room with no lights and no food and drinks for 24 hours before a Monsters Ball match. Like, what? Was there some special thing set on this match for that? They literally said, these two men have been in a dark room with no lights, no food, and no water for the last 24 hours. Moose is going crazy. Sammy Callahan, he loves this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Really? Really? I don't get it, but whatever. They had a Monsters Ball match, and it was Monsters Ball match. They used every trick in the book, beat the crap out of each other with different things. There was trash cans. There was a door. There was barbed wire on the door. They used the timekeeper's table to knock them out. and All kinds of things. Packs and whatnot, where in the end, of course, Sammy Callahan picked up the victory, and they basically made this... They made this victory seem like a big deal of Moose's ran havoc on everybody. Moose has made so many different people's lives a hell over the last 10 to 12 months in Impact. Sammy Callahan finally put the big the big man to rest. Finally stopped what was the threat. What was the, oh, I don't know how they framed it. But they basically seemed like Moose has made too many people's lives hell. From Sammy Callahan to Josh Alexander and his family and so many more that Sammy Callahan may have finally stopped the threat of Moose. And I'm like, eh, okay, cool. Yet, you make it seem like Moose is this big, bad voodoo daddy where he can come out and just ruin anybody's life, yet he's not the champion. He's faced the champion and didn't win. So it's like, eh. Uh, there was a video package recapping the feud between the Briscoes and the Good Brothers, where again, titles changed hands, where the Good Brothers... Became the new Impact Tag Team Champions. Yep. More new champions. In three title matches so far. Three new champions. And we weren't done yet. We then had the Impact Originals against Honor No More. Honor No More come out. It's Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. They made a big schmoz. How Eddie Edwards has turned his back on Impact Wrestling. Then out came... Impact Originals. They all got their own entrances. Frankie Kazarian, the Motor City Machine Guns, Nick Aldis. They showed Frankie's wife, um, wife and son, his wife um, Tracy Brooks and their son Rebel. I think it's his name, Rebel, in the front row, sitting next to none other than Brian, or not Brian Hebner. Brian Hebner was the referee for this match, but his dad, Earl Hebner, who got involved in this match and actually counted the pin. Then out comes they're like, "All right, we need it. The fifth member. Who is the fifth member?" Now walks Dixie Carter, and everyone's like, boo, they're booing Dixie. And Dixie comes out and goes, I would like to thank everybody for the last 20 years of Impact Wrestling and how Impact changed my life and so many other people's lives and this and that. And when we think of originals, we think of the people that helped shape Impact Wrestling. And I'm glad to introduce the fifth and final original for the Impact Originals, Davey Richards. And I go, 
literally the only thing I can think of when it comes to Davey Richards and Impact is when him and Angelina Love beat up Eddie Edwards and Alicia. That's literally, you asked me to name any other Davey Richard moments from Impact Wrestling, and I can't. And you want to know the only reason I can answer that moment from him, from Davey Richards and Impact is because when you used to watch Impact on Twitch, that clip would play at almost every commercial break. That is the only reason I remember Davey Richards and Impact. Other than that, I can't name another single thing that Davey Richards did in Impact other than I think him and... Were him and, and Eddie tag team champions? See, I don't even know that. If they won the... The Impact or TNA, whatever you want to call it, Tag Team Champions. I remember Davey Richards more from his time in Ring of Honor. Let's see. Impact Wrestling, Davey Richards. No. Well, maybe it's under TNA. So they did win the TNA Tag Team Championship. And in 2014, they were Tag Team of the Year. The, the Wolves, the American Wolves, or whatever you want to call them. So, you know... Can't remember, other than because they fucking showed us that clip week after week after week, sometimes two or three times a week, a night during Impact when you used to watch on Twitch, and they wouldn't when they go to commercial on Access, they would show the uh, Impact Retro View, whatever you want to call it. And it's like that's the only thing I remember of Davy Richards and Impact, of you know, he turns on Eddie. Alicia and and Angelina Lover sit in front row, and then they beat up Alicia. And they're like, "Watch, watch as my husband beats up your husband." And da da da. Richards being the, I get it for storyline purposes because Eddie, who's supposed to be an Impact original and an Impact loyalist, turned his back on Impact. So what are they going to do? Get his old longtime tag team partner that, in turn, at one point turned his back on Eddie Edwards. So it makes sense, but no sense all at the same time. You could have brought back anybody. You could have got Christopher Daniels. You could have got Samoa Joe. You could have got Bully Ray. You could have got freaking Rob Van Dam for this match. And you get Davey Richards. No offense to Davey Richards, but that's a... Oh, we got all these guys that'll send in a video, but they can't actually work. And I get an AJ. We'll talk about him in a minute. WWE let him send in a video. You have all these other guys you could have got. And it's not like you can go, oh, well, why not? They should have just did Christopher Daniels, to be completely honest. And like Daniels is retired. Daniels is working indies. Yeah, he's not wrestling anymore for AEW. But he's working indies. He worked Nick Wayne and Defy. Great match. Why couldn't they get Daniels here? Because when I think of an Impact original and someone from the beginning, the beginning of Impact, guys you think of, Daniels, when he was in Triple X. You think of guys like Kazarian, like when Kazarian was teaming with um, Michael Shane. And it's like, come on, you couldn't have gotten, because the, there's the other thing. Kazarian is an original. When you think of an original Kazarian. Shelly and Saban, they came a couple years later. But when you think of originals, you want to think of guys that were there at the beginning. AJ, Abyss, Jerry, Lynn, Kazarian, Daniels, Lex Skipper. That's what you think of when you think originals. Not just, oh, these are guys that were signed or have been signed within the last couple of years. And then those are guys that came from Ring of Honor. So very disappointed by this team. And it was just a, we're going to do everybody's moves kind of thing. And that was the main event was too. We're going to pay homage and do everybody's big moves. And there was too much in this match. This match was too overbooked. D'Lo Brown at one point ran out and freaking got involved. And Tracy Brooks took out Maria Canellis. And then Earl Hebner jumped the rail. And when Brian got taken down, Earl jumped in. Well, actually, Earl fell into the ring and fell into the pin. Literally, Earl's trying to climb in. His feet catch the middle rope. And he just falls down. And just one, two. He literally fell right into the pin. He's like, well, one, two, three. But in the end, of course, the originals win. I already said that, Kid Vicious. AJ Styles is an Impact original, but WWE is not going to let him wrestle on this show. Yes, they let him send in, a send in a video. AJ Styles has been there since day one. AJ Styles was there from day one. 
of Impact Wrestling. And speaking of AJ, AJ sent in a great video talking about his time in Impact Wrestling and all the big matches he's had in Impact Wrestling. Apparently, AJ Styles stated that he was not only named male wrestler of all of Impact, but he was the most impactful wrestler of all time in Impact Wrestling, named by the fans. So basically, the fans named AJ Styles the greatest wrestler to ever wrestle in Impact, and the greatest male wrestler, of course, to ever wrestle in Impact. They talked about just all those great matches he had, starting the X Division, basically, him and Jerry Lynn, and matches he had with Daniels and Samoa Joe. Like, that's still regarded as probably, if not, the best match in Impact history. That triple threat for the X Division. He's like, we weren't, he's like, we weren't the big, buff, jacked-up guys willing for the world title. No. But what we had is we had something different. We had chemistry, we had this, we had that, and we were able to put on great matches. And him, Daniels, and Joe, that triple threat match still is one of the best matches you'll see in the last 20 years. Yes, actually, yes, Michael Wallace, R-Truth is an Impact original. Uh, you, want, you want to know how original R-Truth is? R-Truth was the first champion crowned in Impact as far as the world title does go. So what they did was they had, well, mm, no, I'm wrong. So Impact worked with the NWA, and they had the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And the first one to win that actually was Ken Shamrock, but then Truth beat him for it. Let me double-check and make sure I'm right there. Pretty sure our Truth beat Ken Shamrock to win that title. Um, Let's see. Yes, Ron, Tr Ron Killings. Ron the Truth Killings defeated Ken Shamrock for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on the eighth edition of NWA TNA, the eighth ever show they ran when they were running their Wednesday night pay-per-views for 10 bucks a week. You literally had to pay 10 bucks a week to watch Impact back in the day. Or, or It wasn't Impact. It was NWA TNA from the Asylum. National Fairgrounds. But yes, Truth was one of their first champions. Shamrock won a big Battle Royal, Royal Rumble type match. Well, it was basically a Royal Rumble to win the NWA's World Heavyweight Championship. And then eight weeks later, or eight shows later, I don't remember if it was consecutive weeks, but eight shows later, on August 7th, 2002, Truth defeated Ken Shamrock to not only become the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, but become the first ever and only still yet to date recognized African-American NWA World Heavyweight Champion. As of right now, our truth Ron, the truth killings, is the first and only African-American NWA World Heavyweight Champion. But back to the show. AJ sent in his video, really good. Then we had an awesome match. Like, this match was super fun. It was the first ever Queen of the Mountain match. You don't know what the Queen of the Mountain match. It's the women's version of the King of the Mountain match. It's a reverse ladder match. Basically, everybody starts in the ring. Then, you got to become eligible. How do you become eligible to win? Well, you either pin or tap somebody out. When you do so, then you are eligible to go get the championship, climb the ladder, hang the belt. If you get pinned or submitted, you must sit two minutes in the penalty box. I thought these, this match was always a fun match for me. I always was a huge fan of the King of the Mountain matches back in the day because it was so different than anything else. Like, when have we ever seen where you have to hook the belt? And not just hook the belt, but you have to latch it as well. You have to clip, clip it, clap it, clip it, clamp, clip it. Staple it? No, no. What is it? It's not clipping. It's not clamping. You have to... What's the word I'm looking for? You have to... Oh, why am I blanking here? Buckle it together? I don't fucking know. But you have to make sure it's clasped where if you let go, it can hang there by itself. But also, when have we ever seen matches with a penalty box? A two-minute penalty box. That was really cool. Mickey James was a special guest enforcer here to make sure that everyone follows the rules. Basically telling us, oh, referees don't matter. Which in this kind of a match... Referees kind of don't matter, but they do when putting someone in the penalty box. But anyways, anyways, this match was really fun. Saw a lot of cool ladder spots. 
Mia Yim did the Shelton Benjamin run up the ladder spot. We saw at the end, or towards the end, well, actually, basically toward, at the end, Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green were climbing the ladder. And Deanna gets up about here. Chelsea gets to the top and realizes, oh, Deanna, what are you doing? Deanna and Chelsea have been working together this whole match. And eventually they realize, oh, so we're going to have to fight it out up top of the ladder? Well, they didn't because they get pushed off of this ladder over the top rope, crash hard, and I mean hard, through two tables on the floor. After Mia Yim pushes down the ladder, Jordan Grace then jumps in, hits a Northern Lights suplex. Her and Tasha Steeles go at it. They double-team Mia Yim, pin Mia Yim, get Mia Yim in the penalty box. They keep going at it. Tasha Steeles then gets pinned by Jordan Grace after a muscle buster. She's in the penalty box. You got two women in the penalty box. You got two women knocked out at ringside. Jordan Grace climbs the ladder, hooks the belt, flips it up, and there we go. Jordan Grace, new Impact Knockouts champion. So every belt except for the world title actually changed hands last night. Speaking of the world title match, it was Josh Alexander and Eric Young. Eric Young, another original who has been around since the beginning. Since the beginning. Since the old Team Canada days. Yep, I said it. Team Canada. Speaking of Team Canada, for the Originals versus Honor No More match, Scott Demore was on commentary and wore an old Team Canada jersey and had the Canada Canadian flag on a hockey stick. So this match was really fun, was it? I wouldn't, I would, I, I would say it borderlined on a great match because it took me out of it where a lot of this match was how many old TNA guys' moves can we do? And there was a lot of trying to set up for those spots, which kind of took me out of it a little bit. But at the same time, I really enjoyed the match. And then, of course, Brian Hebner gets dusted in the face. He can't see, so... Violent by design gets involved. And of course, you need way more outside interference where I'm like, we already saw this in the five-man tag. I get what violence by design is. So yeah, it made sense. But we already saw a lot of interference in other in another match. So we didn't need it in this, this match here. But we saw a bunch of things where like um, the two men were clubbing each other and trading forearms. They exchanged chops and boots. Alexander got the upper hand and hit Young with a right. With a right. And at one point, um, he went for a moonsault on the top. Young gave him one right back and hit him with a clothesline. We saw Josh Alexander do a Styles Clash. Cody Diener got involved at one point. And Alexander took him out. Took out Joe Doring, who tried to get involved as well. Uh, Eric Young went for a skull-crushing finale. Alexander kept trying to go for the... Um, well, no, he went for the skull-crushing finale. Goes for the pin, but Alexander kicks out. Alexander then locks in an ankle lock. Young breaks it by sending him into the turnbuckle, where he then goes for the black hole slam. Yes, Eric Young hits the black hole slam. They had to bring up Eric Young hitting the black hole slam of Abyss. Him and Abyss have a, a storied history. And then after this is when, you know, we saw some more moves like the BME. Young um, hits a right hand to the side of Alexander's head. Alexander says Young did the mat. Sweeps the legs, takes him down, and hits the BME. Best moonsault ever of Christopher Daniels. This is when he then goes for... He doesn't get the pin off of that. He then goes for the Styles Clash. Doesn't get the pin off of that. Diener then gets involved again after we had seen Alexander go for an Olympic slam to the outside for a table. Diener then, uh, Diener then stands up into the ring with the violence by the Zion flag. Alexander takes him out, grabs the Canadian flag, whoop, whaps him with it. And then in the end, Alexander hits a spine buster on Young on the exposed wood, because there was the whole thing. Young exposed the wood of the mat, hits Alexander with the, two, uh, the pile driver. Then goes to the middle rope, tries to hit another pile driver. Alexander gets out of that one. He then hits the C4 on the exposed wood and retains the title. Josh Alexander retains the belt. And then they just quickly go off the air, which is weird, like they didn't have time for anything else which I don't know if they would have had anything else planned for this show. But usually, Josh Alexander wins, and then his family gets in the ring with him. But for some reason, they didn't do it. His wife and his son, Jet, were just sitting at ringside. And they showed them a couple times after the match. But it felt like they quickly went off the air. They also did announce earlier in the show, um, 
Why did I just blank? Why did I... Bound for Glory will be coming to us on October 8th. Bound for Glory, October 8th. I forgot the location, and I didn't write that down. But they're going head-to-head with WWE because October 8th is also the same night WWE will be running Extreme Rules. Really? But that was my quick rundown of Slammiversary. I thought Slammiversary was a fun show. I really enjoyed it. If you got some time and you want to, you know, you, you need something to just watch, I would say go back and watch most of the matches from this match. You can skip the women's tag title match. You could probably skip the 10-man tag because that match was, I mean, it was okay for what it was. But all the other matches, I would say go back and watch. They were all really, really fun and entertaining. But as we move forward, speaking of matches in Nashville, Ric Flair's going to have a match in Nashville. But that match in Nashville actually was changed recently. The location, that is. Originally, it was announced that Ric Flair will be having his last match at the Nashville Fairgrounds on July 30th. And well, this morning, a press release was sent out that I'm going to read here, stating that, well, it ain't happening in the Nashville Fairgrounds anymore because of how many people want to be at this show. The press release that I received this morning states, quote, after selling out the Nashville Fairgrounds in less than 24 hours, Jim Crockett Promotions' Ric Flair's last match will be moving to the over 7,000-seat Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Ric Flair's last match, produced by Thuzio, a thriller company, and streaming worldwide exclusively on Fight, will be held at 5.05 p.m. Central, 6.05 Eastern, on Sunday, July 31st. The additional tickets, starting at $39 for Ric Flair's final match, go on sale noon Eastern, Friday, this Friday, June 24th, at RicFlair'sLastMatch.com. So again, because of the demand for this match, because of the demand for this, not even just this match, but it's going to be a whole card. It's going to be a whole show. You're not paying for just one match. Before this show, the demand to see Ric Flair's final match and whatever else is going to be on this show. It sold out quickly, and there's still people that want to go. So they say, you know what? Okay, we'll get a bigger venue and sell more tickets and let more people come. So there's a chance that over 7,000 people could be at this show. I don't know how many tickets I was not. They should have mentioned this in the press release to make it sound better. They didn't say how many tickets were actually sold for the fairgrounds. Let me see if I can... Um, what's the capacity of the fairgrounds arena? That ain't right. Nope, that's the Nashville Soccer Stadium. Uh, that's still not right. Yeah, I can't figure out the arena portion of the fairgrounds. What is that capacity? Because it's showing me 15,000, but I think that's the entire Nashville fairgrounds. And I think that's 15,000. I think that's the, the, the racetrack. On the fairgrounds. I can't find the actual capacity of the fairgrounds or how many tickets they could have sold. But they have moved Flair's last match to a bigger building because so many more people do want to go. Speaking of show announcements, AEW got a quick hit here. AEW has announced their return to the Twin City, Minneapolis, Minnesota, with a Dynamite and Rampage entitled... The Quake by the Lake. AW sent out the following announcement press release stating, quote, All Elite Wrestling, Red Hot Promotion, taking the world by storm, which that's a little self. What's patting yourself on the back there? I don't know about Red Hot. I mean, I don't know if they're taking the world by storm. Maybe the wrestling world. They ain't taking the, the right. Anyways, anyways. We'll return to the Target Center in Minneapolis with its wildly popular shows of AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage for a special The Quake by the Lake event on Wednesday, August 10th. Though that Rampage will not be live, it'll be pre-taped. This will mark the Minneapolis debut of AEW Dynamite and the first time they're back in town since Rampage, since the Rampage show and full gear from last year, November 2021. This will also be AEW's only Minnesota event of 2022. 
They state that CM Punk, Thunder Rosa, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, Adam Cole, Sting, John Moxley, Jungle Boy, Lucha Source, Jade Cargill, Dr. Britt Baker, Scorpio Sky, Hangman Page, and others will be in attendance, which that's a little interesting to tell us that in August, you know Punk will be back. We know that for sure. And that Kenny Omega will be back as well. Interesting. Well, that was the thing that I took away from that. Stating that Punk, and this is not like, oh, well, this is a press release from a couple of weeks ago that got rehashed. No, this was sent out this morning, this press release. Stating CM Punk as the first name on this and Kenny Omega. So do they know something we don't know? Because I know... A lot of people have expected Punk to be back in time for possibly all out in September. But is Punk going to be back in August? I mean, I guess to set up stuff for all out in September, but we'll see how that all works. Kenny Omega, he's still out indefinitely. But speaking of AEW, we got to talk about Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door is coming up this weekend. Yes, you heard me right. June 26th, this Sunday, AEW Forbidden Door. And we've got the first betting odds. Betting odds have finally been released for Forbidden Door. So let's talk about that right now. First off, and we're going to double back on this, but they do have listed Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr., which we don't know for sure if that match is actually happening because we don't know if Danielson has been cleared, but we'll talk about that match here in just a little bit. But as far as... Those odds do go. Danielson is favored at a minus 133 to defeat Zack Sabre Jr. at a minus 105. Now, as far as the trios match does go, we got Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara taking on the team of Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. As far as this match does go, the, the team of Jericho, Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara are favored at a minus 294 to defeat the team of Eddie Kingston, Shota Umano, and Wheeler Yuta at a plus 200. Um, in a match between Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy, remember IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, I don't believe is on the line. Let me double check that. I've seen it two different things. One say it was on the line. One say it wasn't on the line. Let me double check that. Is this match on? Why can't I find the card now? Here we go. Or I don't think it's a title match. No, just Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy. But the odds makers have it listed as a title match, which is wrong. But as far as the betting odds for this match do go, Will Ospreay is favored at a minus 1,000 to defeat Orange Cassidy at a plus 500. We do have two title matches. We don't have any, and I'll say right now, we don't have any betting odds for the tag team title match, the IWGP and Ring of Honor tag team title matches. Like those are one winner take all match. We don't have any betting odds for that match, but we do have betting odds for the AEW Women's World title match as Thunder Rosa will be defending against um, Tony Storm. Thunder Rosa is favored at a minus 200 to defeat Tony Storm at a plus 140. And finally, for the interim AEW World Championship, John Moxley against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Currently, John Moxley is favored at a minus 227 to defeat Tanahashi at a plus 160. <laughs> Those are the current betting odds for the upcoming Forbidden Door event. And speaking of Forbidden Door, got a little information on the first match we talked about, Danielson and Sabre. We're going to talk about that here. 
as Dave Meltzer gave some clarity on Danielson last night on Wrestling Observer Radio, stating the actual current plan as of a couple of weeks ago was for Brian Danielson to be taking on Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. actually called out Brian Danielson at Dominion, but with Danielson not cleared right now, as far as we know, from a concussion that matches up in the air. Now, Meltzer said that he believes that the match will eventually happen at some point with the going belief is that they want it, of course, at Forbidden Door, but that hopefully they can at least get the match done at some point. But with Danielson being out right now, it was originally thought that he would only be out for a couple of weeks and then be good to go for Forbidden Door. But if Danielson is nowhere to be seen on Wednesday, then I don't think he's working Forbidden Door. If he's not on Dynamite, I don't think he's on Forbidden Door. You may say, well, what about Rampage? Well, I don't think they're going to set this match up on Rampage two days before. They set this match up with Danielson and Sabre on Dynamite, on the big show, the Wednesday show. And as of right now, this match is, is tentatively scheduled but still up in the air due to Danielson's current condition of not being cleared as of last week. But with that, as we move forward, we got to talk about the sponsor of this video. The sponsor of this video, well, it's Manscaped. Support for Pro Wrestling Unlimited is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Manscaped's engineered team spent, uh, engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have released the Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents and millions of balls are about to now be Nick free. We're speaking of Nick's not cutting yourself, not Nick like arm week, Nick Armstrong. Manscaping accidents, well, they are a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean it's premium. I've used it myself. The battery also lasts up to 90 minutes. So another way you won't nick yourself is that you don't have to rush. You don't have to worry about, oh, crap, this is going to die, the battery. Well, unless you don't charge it. Unless you don't charge it all the way. But on a full battery, it should last 90 minutes, which means you or even, even your partner that's helping you groom up down there doesn't have to rush. They can take their time. One of the coolest features also that helps is the LED light that illuminates the glooming area for a closer and more precise trim. Also, let's not forget, well, why did this just freeze on me when I was trying to scroll the notes? There we go. Also, let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. Now, if you are listening to me speak right now, then you need to head over to manscaped.com and use code PWUNLIMITED. Use code, tw uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWUNLIMITED at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWUNLIMITED at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code PWUNLIMITED. With that, we got two more news stories to talk about. Well, not two more. We got five more, actually, because I just added another story that I just saw pop up in my news feed. But we got two news stories coming up. They're both actually kind of somber stories, sad stories, if I may. But first off, unfortunately, we learned on Friday of the passing of Dave Hebner, longtime WWE referee and <clears throat> an agent Dave Hebner, WWE released the following statement regarding Hebner's passing with WWE is saddened to learn that longtime referee Dave Hebner, David Hebner, has passed away. Throughout a storied career, Hebner found himself at the center of some of WWE's most iconic moments. Hebner officiated the classic showdown between Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3 and the clash between Savage and Hogan at WrestleMania 5. Hebner and his brother Earl helped author one of the most memorable moments in the WWE in WWE's history when the WWE uh, when Andre the Giant and Hogan met on WWE's main event for the WWE title in 1988 with Dave locked in the closet Earl and the million dollar man Ted DiBiase laid a trap for the Hulkster as Dave joined Earl in the ring he 
had the uh, befuddled Hogan seeing doubled in disbelief. Following the conclusion of his impressive officiating career, Hebner worked for WWE in a backstage capacity until 2005. WWE extends its condolences to Hebner, the entire Hebner family, friends, and fans. Uh, Impact did make a reference to the passing of Dave Hebner last night when Earl and Brian were working the show. So we do want to send our condolences to the Hebner family, but we also, unfortunately, have to send our condolences to the White family as yesterday news came out that Tim White had passed away as WWE did release the following statement. WWE is saddened to learn that longtime referee Tim White has passed away. For, those, uh, for more than two decades, Tim White was a dedicated WWE referee and official. White began his illustrious career in 1985, working with Andre the Giant and as a part-time referee. Now, if you don't know, basically, Tim White was Andre's handler. When Andre was on the road, Tim White was the one making sure Andre was getting everywhere he needed to be and doing everything he needed to do. During his tenure, he was the referee of some of WWE's biggest matches, including the infamous Hell in a Cell match between The Undertaker and Mankind at King of the Ring 1998. A shoulder injury, though, in, uh, effectively ended White's in-ring career, but White still remained a major part of WWE, working behind the scenes as an official and talent agent until 2009. Also, WWE says they extend the condolences to White's family and friends. And also, Tim White also owned a bar called The Friendly Tap, where back in the early 2000s, if you saw a bar get destroyed on WWE television every now and then, that was Tim White's bar, The Friendly Tap. And stories that I had heard in the past were, Tim White always loved when WWE came to town because that means he got to uh, do some upgrades and renovations to his bar because WWE would come in, wreck his bar, and then pay to get it fixed. And when he would get everything fixed, he would do some upgrades on WWE's dime, basically. So yeah, he owned the friendly tap. A lot of times back in the day, like the APA, for example, multiple times ruined a bar, destroyed a bar, threw people through walls and glass. That was a real bar. That was Tim White's bar. And Tim White always used, as far as I'm under the impression of, from what I heard in the past, Tim White always used those, those, those moments to his advantage of, well, it's on WWE's dime, so I'll let them wreck shop and then get some stuff upgraded. So again, we want to send our condolences to the entire White family as yesterday, Tim White did pass away. As we move forward, well, it's been announced. But Paige's first non-WWE appearance will be. Yes, Paige has booked and announced her first non-WWE appearance after her release. Well, not her release. When her contract expires. So Paige announced recently that her contract does expire on July 7th. With that, this tweet was sent out just to, I want to say, right when we went on the air. Oh no, right before we went on the air little before we went on the air. Announcing Paige. Pull this up here. Well, actually, not Paige anymore. Soraya. I think she's going under the name Soraya. This, uh, this is interesting because if you see here, it says, look who's coming home. Real Paige WWE will be at fight, uh, Fightmare 4. Stepping back into a WAW ring for the first time in over a decade. What role will she play in the show? Stay tuned to find out. And this says, the Paige Soraya, if I'm reading that right. The Paige Soraya. Oh, formerly known as Paige. Yeah, fucking the way it's handwritten, I can't read that shit. It says, formerly FKA, formerly known as Paige Soraya, comes to Fightmare 4 Sunday. The 15th, October, 2022, Norfolk Showgrounds. So this is the first announced appearance for Paige or Soraya following her stint in WWE, but it may not be the first itself. It's just the first announced. So this is October 15th. She may do something before that. We don't know what, but she may. So it's cool to see that she's now booking gigs and that she's going to get out there and do things outside of WWE. Or once her... Contract is up with WWE next week in two weeks. 
in two weeks. So as we move forward, we got to talk about somebody else that's possibly leaving WWE soon and how WWE is already erasing that. Well, that's Sasha Banks. As this Friday on SmackDown, WWE digitally removed a Sasha Banks sign that was shown on SmackDown. So here's the original photo in question. Well, the original shot. So Raquel Rodriguez qualified for money in the bank. Then, as you see here, let's zoom in on somebody threw up a sign that said Sasha crew for life. Someone threw up this sign, right? Well, when WWE posted on, and let's see if I can get the picture to load now, posted on their website pictures from SmackDown, this is what we got. Raquel, but the sign blank. Colored, turned to white. The Sasha crew gone. Let me see if I can get both of those at the same time. There we go. There we go. Now we're where we want. Okay. So you see again, gone. But if we move to the other photo, it's there. Sasha crew for life. But they digitally removed the sign. They went in Photoshop, outlined it, whatever you want to call it. And removed the sign. And you can see it's the same guy holding it. They didn't just, whatever. No. Now the real thing, the WWE did. They removed a sign. And here's the side-by-side -side so you can see them. They removed the sign that shouted out, shouted out Sasha Banks. Which it's like, holy fuck. And the rumor is, the word, the report by multiple people is, Sasha is getting her release. Has been told she's got the release but they're working on terms of said release and what she is and isn't allowed to do outside of WWE with getting this early release. So that's very interesting that they went. I mean, I can literally do that in 20 seconds on Photoshop, but for them to go out of their way to do that, holy crap. Really, really WWE going to erase Sasha Banks from history. That's SmackDown. Tonight's Raw. We got some early word from Fightful on what could be going down on tonight's Monday Night Raw. As far as Fightful does right, they state, quote, Fightful Select has learned some tentative plans for tonight's episode of WWE Raw, which are very clearly subject to change. Early indicators were that Alexa Bliss, Carmella Riddle, MVP, Theory, Elias Ezekiel, Street Profits, Lashley, and Miz are booked to appear tonight. After Riddle lost his title match Friday, the plan was for him to sell his ribs due to the spear that put him away. Theory looks to continue with his posing gimmick, complete with baby oil. We're also told that the full Elias presentation will be in effect tonight with a guitar smashing planned. Miss TV also scheduled for the show. So we'll see what does go down on tonight's Monday Night Raw as a number of names are planned for the show. But we'll see what planned for the show really actually means. With that, well, that's going to wrap up the wrap-up. Final thing we always do here is give you a preview for Raw or SmackDown. It's Monday. That's Raw. And, well, we don't got much announced for tonight's Raw. What we do know for tonight's Raw is we will get the Elias concert, which, according to Fightful, will have someone get hit over the head with a guitar, most likely. And we have a Money in the Bank qualifying match as Asuka goes one-on-one -on -one with Becky Lynch. So, in theory, only one of these women make it into Money in the Bank, but we've already learned on SmackDown with Sheamus and Drew, if this match has a, a false finish, some sort of a DQ, double DQ, double countout, then they'll both just get added. So, maybe they're both added. Maybe only one's added. We'll see Asuka, Becky, tonight. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here for the wrestling wrap-up. If you're watching live, then thank you for joining me, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. If you're watching or listening later, then thank you for watching or listening on, on youtube.com forward slash PW Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, and so much more. If you're watching this on a Monday, which I don't know why you wouldn't be watching this on a Monday because the news will be old, but if you're watching this on Monday, then remember tonight is Monday Night Raw, as we just talked about, and we will be live 
following tonight's Monday Night Raw, talking about everything that goes down on that show. Remember, they only got a couple more weeks to build up money in the bank. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your, your Monday. If I don't see you tonight, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.